0: Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings.
1: All right, let's get into our Saturday morning sit down conversation. Uh, joining us in the studio, Dr. James Andrade. He's the Senior Vice President at Capital Land Development Group, the head of the Catapult Training Center, Southeast Asia's first and only leadership training hub designed for Asia's next generation leaders. We're going to talk about that right now. James, welcome to Money FM. Great to have you. Thank you, Glenn and Neil. Yeah, the, here. tell us, uh, give us a broad overview, uh, aside from what I've just said, about Catapult. If somebody hasn't been there before, it's over in the Rochester Park area by the Star Vista Theater. Tell us about the, the, the center that you have. Okay, so
2: Catapult has been running. We're actually in our second full year. There was a little bit of a slowdown during the COVID period. Building uh, wasn't completed, but we're now up and running. Our focus is on leadership. Innovation, and third pillar is managing your personal energy for peak performance. Mm. But the the concept of, of catapult really started some time back with the EDB. Now we all know that Singapore is is well known for investing in upskilling its uh, its its leadership, its mm. business leaders. Catapult was one of the bets that was made. Uh, it came to my mind in my awareness in, in about 2015. And that was a pivotal year for Singapore. It was their 50th anniversary. Right. And it was also the year that Lee Kuan Yew died. Yep. And Singapore was going through a very introspective uh, period. And they were asking the question, if we continue to do for the next 50 years what we've done for the last 50 years, will we see the level of growth that we have today? And the answer was no. And uh, they looked very hard at areas that they can improve. And one of them was... How do we upskill and prepare our business leaders for the future? And and that's really the genesis of Catapult. Mm. It's what are the things that we can do from the standpoint of leadership and innovation to prepare business leaders for the challenges of the future?
0: Who would it appeal to? Companies? Individuals? Who is yeah. your target audience for this?
2: So right now, our business model is more B2B. Mm. Initially, we were looking at mid-level managers, C-1, C-2 with aspirations and capabilities to get to the C-suite. But interestingly enough, Neil, we've been so successful in in actually developing our programs for those mid-level managers that now we actually have C-suite uh CEOs coming in and saying, "Can you uh, teach our our teams and our leadership teams?" So we've actually expanded. In addition to our mid-level leaders, we also uh, we also work with the C-suite staff.
0: And just to add to that, I, I don't know if you want to give away your secret sauce, but what is it these people are looking for? These companies are looking for, and how do you provide it?
2: So we, as I said, we actually focus in on three pillars: leadership, innovation, and energy for peak performance. On the leadership front, our sweet spot is really how do you develop high-performing teams? That, that is the real key because speed is, is, is the critical currency in business today. And having high-performing teams that can act autonomously mm. but still work in conjunction with the overall vision of what either the department or the company is trying to, to accomplish, that's key. So we work with teams to make them more effective, more efficient, but we also work with individual leaders to make them better leaders mm. and to make uh, to, to create teams that aren't afraid of taking risks, that aren't afraid of acting autonomously, yeah. uh, and are quite capable. On the innovation side, we focus in, There are, there are companies that focus in on looking at the future. What are the next trends? That's not what we focus in on. What mm. we focus in on is, how do you take innovations and turn them into wealth? Mm. Because if you, if you work with uh, companies, we all know, companies have drawers full of new ideas, ideas that aren't implemented, ideas that don't see the light of day. We work with companies to take those ideas and turn them into wealth. And then the third pillar, and this is one that we think is really important. We're all connected 24-7 to our mobile devices, whether it's a laptop, whether it's your phone, your tablet. The whole idea of work-life balance is somewhat of a misnomer. So, how do you how do you really balance your work? It's really how do you balance your time? The time that you have. How do you have time for yourself, for your family, for your friends? COVID taught us one thing, it's the importance of taking care of yourself, personally taking care of those people around you. And employees watch what leaders do. So, we work very closely and how do you manage your physical, your emotional, your mental, even your spiritual or your purpose. So you bring your whole self not only to your work, but to your personal life and to
1: your family. James, this is quite unusual because, you know, typical management courses that people go and spend a day or a half day or two days or whatever are all about, okay, get your schedule right, get your KPIs right chase down the whatever it is you need to do for your job. But with these three pillars, it, it sounds like, you know, there's much more priority put on a 360 look at the individual, including their business, but also other elements of their life. Yeah, Does that go over well? Are we in a, are we in a mood right now, mentally in corporate, in the corporate world that that's, that's what people want. They yeah. want that. You
2: know, we work with quite a few companies, both
1: government agencies,
2: companies uh, and and individual agencies and and, and private organizations. And I think there's a change. There's a realization that to get the most out of your workforce, you have to look at them holistically. Mm. You can't just look at putting people into a box and and having them churn out data. Mm. That that is not effective. That is not getting the most out of your workforce. You know, I'm reminded of of the quote from Steve Jobs. We hire very smart people, and we tell them what to do. When we hire smart people, they should be telling us what to do. Yeah. And that's that's the key to Catapult. How do you unleash the capabilities of your people, of your workforce? And it does come down to
1: those three areas, Glenn. Is, is that a concept that Asian companies can get their heads that's, around? That's what I was going right? to say to add to that. Because <laughs> when you said government
0: agencies, frankly, a, a light bulb went off in my head.
1: You know, we're no no of, further explanation needed. Yeah, but we're part of a
0: face-saving culture, yeah. a kind of patriarchal socii- uh, culture, let's be honest. The boss says you do. You do mm. not question. So how do you overcome those basic, let's be honest, cultural
2: challenges? There are some companies and some agencies that are that require a little bit more work than others. <laughs> let me let me put it that way. Uh that was, that was, ba- that was ba- diplomatic. Uh,
0: it's very diplomatic. He should be in
1: politics. It, it was
0: very diplomatic, but it's a it's a very pertinent issue, though, isn't it? On the one yeah. hand, you don't want robotic automatons in the office, particularly yeah. in the age of AI. You yeah. need more creative thinkers than ever. Yeah. But on the other hand you've still got a, quite an entrenched relationship between boss
2: saying mm-hmm. and employee doing.
0: So yeah. I'd love to know how you overcome that at Catapult.
2: Yeah. You yeah. know... Many of the companies that bring us in say that they want an empowered and risk-taking organization, just like they say that they, they want a lot of innovation. <laughs> no. And then when you start digging down a little bit more, you, you start to see the roadblocks. Yeah. And the best way to do and to overcome that is to have people actually experience what it's like to be in an extremely hierarchical situation and how much that really does empower your organization or does lead to innovation. And, and we do that by curating knowledge providers that do two things. One is knowledge providers that have deep domain expertise. So we will work with the Ivy League University professors that can show you the data and show you the studies and show you the business cases that prove that empowering your organization and unleashing the potential of your people leads to more effective outcomes.
1: And, and nobody that, disagrees with that, and right? Nobody disagrees right. with that.
2: But then we put them into, into simulations and situations where they actually have to live that. And that's the key. And that's, that's where Catapult is quite different mm. from other types of training uh, organizations or programs. We're very experiential and very immersive. So I'll give you an example. We've brought in someone who you know, Glenn, an explorer, an adventurer. Who axe yeah.
1: axe uh, Ax has been on the show. There you yeah, go. So yeah. so many
2: of the, many Jared of your Robinson listeners may know, yeah. and he has traveled to the to the heights of mountains and he's circumnavigated the ocean in human powered uh, uh, craft, and he's turned these into business cases and he's filmed them in high definition. Now, when you take a group of leaders who are looking for teams that are diverse and that are able to. Uh, To unleash their capabilities. And you put them in a simulation where now they have to work as a team and they have to climb Mount Everest. And the the beautiful thing about Axe is he has all these different scenarios because he's tried it many times and he's had failures and he's had successes and he has the audience actually go through that exercise of what decisions you would make at different stages Mm. of, of climbing Everest or navigating from Singapore
1: to uh, New Zealand in a personal uh, canoe. It's sort of a if this, then that exactly. type choice scenarios that they have to make. Yeah.
2: Now, all of that academic theory that you learned, you're putting into practice in real life with very high stakes. In the case of, you know, climbing a mountain, you have life and death mm. decisions that you're making. Now, all of a sudden, being very hierarchical and being very top-down has consequences. Because if you're not right or if you're not expert in a certain area, and who of us have ever climbed the top of a mountain <laughs> that we would be expert? You have to listen and rely on your team around you to help make better decisions. And that's one of the differences that we have in Catapult, where you can take very theoretical, for some, some folks, uh, academic knowledge, but now it's applied in a very experiential, real-world way.
1: And, and you and see I'll, the light
2: bulb go off. And I'll
1: just add, and, and it's an excellent, excellent example, but two of the learning spaces that you have are 360-degree rooms with, with a screen all the way around. So, w- for example, when you're in that, in that particular course that you were talking about, the video is all around you. You are, you are at Mount Everest. Yes. You know, it's, uh, and so the spaces themselves have been designed in a way that's very engaging. Yeah. So we, uh, we
2: operate under a three C's principle uh curriculum community and our campus. And what you were just describing Glenn is is one of the things about our campus. Hmm. We don't call our uh, classrooms classrooms cuz that's traditional square boxy type of of environment. We call them mission studios. Our mission studios are extremely uh technology enabled. They have all of the things that you would expect in a post-COVID world cameras that will allow you to do remote training and, and hybrid types of training. But we also have rooms that, uh, as Glenn described, 360 and 180 degree rooms that are extremely immersive and extremely experiential. So in the case that we were just talking about, when you, uh, when you see a simulation of going to the tops of, of the mountain, you feel like you're at the top of the mountain. When Axe runs his uh, program on the ocean, I have to tell you, I'm a city guy. Mm. and I'm surrounded by waves that are coming up over the <laughs> top of the screen. I'm starting to get a little bit seasick just, uh, just sitting in the room. So it is very immersive. It is a very experiential. And that's the other part of what drives Catapult. Mm. It's important what people learn, mm. but it's more important what they retain. And when you have content that's extremely emotional or interact or experiential, it becomes more stand it's more apt to be used and apt to be apt to be applied.
0: I'm fascinated by this. I mean, James, you're you're trying to work on people's personal journeys. I'm interested in your personal journey. How did you get to this point? How did you get to where you're running this cap- catapult enterprise? What's your story? Yeah.
2: Well, Neil, I've actually come full circle. So mm. I started off as an academic. I, I received my doctorate in neuroscience. Did my postdoc research with the Department of Defense. And in the U.S. Yeah. and uh, went from government work to corporate with the idea that I would spend maybe three years in, in corporate before I would go and do a, a real research job, as as my professor would have said. 30 years later, I was still in, in corporate, had bounced around doing research. Most of my, my work was done there. Uh, but I also spent some time in marketing, in strategy, and in consumer insights. I retired from multinational companies. Uh, that lasted about six weeks. And uh, I did what many people do when they retire in Singapore and started consulting. And that's when I my phone rang to uh, consult on a project to build an innovation center. I walked in and found out that this innovation center was in fact going to be an innovation and leadership center. So that was my first introduction to Catapult. I had been teaching uh, in Singapore. I was an adjunct uh, professor at Griffith University in Australia. So it actually combined all of my interests, yeah. uh, business, academics, and they gave me the option or the, actually the privilege of designing the curriculum. And I did it based on neuroscience principles. Mm. And so here we are today.
1: I remember the first conversation we had about this was it maybe 6 years ago? Was that yeah. sound about right? Yeah. And you were trying to explain what this was supposed to be even at that point I'm not even sure you knew exactly what catapult was going to end up being, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a concept surely and and you had just been given this project. And and to see it come full circle, I've actually led uh, I led a a course there uh, last year. And just to use the space and see how people are interacting with it, okay. and the variety of spaces you have—it's not just the—I'll the, I'll use the word classroom. I know you don't use that, but it's not just those learning spaces. But there's break, a lot of breakout spaces and, and huddle points and things like that. It, it's it's quite unusual for an executive education environment. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that, uh, Glenn.
2: And. You know, your your visit actually highlights two aspects of Catapult that's important. On the physical space side, you're absolutely right. We designed it so it's not a traditional
1: – Come uh, in the door, sit at the desk, you know. Sit at the yeah, desk right. and,
2: you know, it, it's, yeah. it's not made for, for volume, although that's key to us making sure we hit our financial goals. Uh, <laughs> but we have a lot of empty space for people because we know that folks learn when they go outside of the classroom. So we have those social spaces that are built in to catapult for folks to interact uh, outside of the classroom. But the other part, and this is going to curriculum, we bring in knowledge providers like yourself yeah. that ha- that can help uh, business leaders achieve things that they might not be able to achieve in a conventional classroom. So for example you came in and you spoke about basically executive presence. Mm. Who better to talk about executive presence than someone who's in the media, whose job is to make things that that listeners may not see, make it real for them. And as a business leader, you're very often charged with taking results or taking information and making it real to an audience, whether it's other employees or shareholders, or investors, and that is part of what makes you a successful leader. We also use theater practice in the areas of executive presence. We we have one of our faculty who, in addition to being outstanding in finance, is a professional poker. Mm. And so who better to teach you about risk and making decisions? Mm. So we and bring, the
1: occasional bluff. And the, and the <laughs> right? occasional bluff. I,
0: I do that quite well. Mm. Let's talk about the immersive space. What is it about the Rochester Park location that really appealed to you?
2: It's right in the heart of a number of, of areas that are important to, to create that learning and immersive environment. So we're close to, to universities like NUS, mm. ESSEC. We have NCAD yeah. right down the yeah. street. We actually have IMD. Who's located in our in our building? So you have the the traditional educational component, you have the research facilities like Biopolis, Fusionopolis, uh, and then you have a lot of financial uh, institution and investment in that area. When uh, when the building was first conceived, the idea was to create almost like a Silicon Valley type of environment where you would have research education, uh, and, and the financial component all in, in a similar area. But, uh, anyone who's visited Silicon Valley, you know, it's not a place, it's really a mindset. Mm. And that's the other component that we bring to catapult. How do you bring that mindset of getting different groups of people together and have them compete, but also cooperate, Mm. Where one plus one can equal three, and that's that's the mindset that we bring to catapult. It's not just having the right answer; it's asking the right questions. Fascinating,
1: absolutely fascinating. James, uh, great conversation. What's what's going forward for twenty twenty four? What what are your uh, what are your goals going to be? We've talked about this immersive experience and taking in the the view of the whole person now you know you are leading the the space you are leading the actual curriculum type moves that are made and what do you see as the trend for 2024 well i think that you know baseline is still
2: going to be teams high building high performing teams and building high performing capability you know moving to the idea that not hierarchical leadership but situational leadership hmm. depending on the need different folks will step up in that leadership position. Even as the overall leader, you would want to encourage that. So that's that's number one. Mm. The second is innovation. You know, we had uh, Simon Perez that came out several years ago. He was at uh, Singapore University of Technology and Design. And he was asked the question, why isn't Singapore as uh, innovative as, as Israel? And after he kind of Nervously hemmed and hawed, <laughs> he answered the question and he said, "You know, you have all of the right uh, elements. You have the educational institutions, you have the, the money, you have the the innovation spirit. But you need to think bigger and mm-hmm. think differently. Innovation shouldn't be just to be the best in Singapore. You should think globally. And so we're working on how do you how do you develop the innovation capabilities to turn ideas into big ideas that that generate wealth." But the third and, and probably the single most uh, interesting area that, that I'm curious about is how generative AI is going to apply to leadership. At the, at the end of the day, at the, at the heart of, of gen AI is going to be people. Any one of us that have worked with ChatGPT, we know that depending on how you ask the question, you get very different answers. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be a future that we are going to work alongside Artificial intelligence. They are going to be a part of our organization. They may be a part of the whole function. And what types of leadership do we need to, to work and to maximize that type of, of platform, that type of capability uh, in the future? And so I'm I'm very interested in how AI will work with future leaders. I'm also interested in how AI will help us better train our leaders, mm. uh, both from the standpoint of developing new types of of business simulations, uh, gamification, uh, all those things. I think are. are fascinating ways that we can look at AI for the future in terms of building business leadership.
1: Last week, we had guests on from XL World Academy, and they are starting the first in Singapore AI curriculum for sixth graders, and it's going to start moving up. It's a 15-week program. But one of the things they focused on was ethical AI Mm. and how deep and how important that topic is to the broader discussion of AI. I would assume that something like that would be incorporated into whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just at, a, uh, at an
2: economist meeting this past week, and that was one of the, one of the burning subjects that uh, came up. Not only the utilization of AI, but how do you utilize AI ethically? Yeah. And what's the impact for businesses? And what's the impact on employees? How do you compensate employees uh, that have AI as a critical component
1: Of their jobs. Fascinating. James, we're going to leave it there. Dr. James Andrade, the Senior Vice President, Capital Land Development Group, head of Catapult here in Singapore. How do people get in touch with you if they want to know more about Catapult, James?
2: Okay, so we have a website. It is www.catapult.com.sg that will direct you to not only the campus and curriculum, but also a page where you can put in your information and
1: we can reach out to you. Thanks for being with us today.
2: Okay. Thank you.